creativity goes beyond a pencil and a paintbrush. Hello, creative people, and welcome to I Am Creative. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. So what are we doing here? We are really diving into this word creativity and what it means. In all of the conversations that I have had, nobody has ever defined creativity as drawing or painting. People have defined creativity as your soul's essence, that magic spark, how you show up in the world. What my true mission is, is to really expand this definition and allow people to be able to see themselves in it. Because when people see themselves in this definition, when they've never been told that they fit inside of it, they stand up straighter. They feel like they have something to offer the world and basically are happier humans. So these conversations are structured on three questions. One, how do you define creativity? Two, how do you incorporate it into your life? And three, why do you think that it's important? So let's just dive right in. So my inspiring guest for today is Angela Winter. She is an intuitive brand and website designer, multidisciplinary creative, mystic, and single mother. As a young girl, she spent her time making homes in her drawings for her dolls in her room. She was obsessed with creating just the right feeling and bringing to life the potential she she saw and experienced in her heart. So beautiful. Thank you. And thank you for having me, Hollis. It's such a pleasure. I'm so happy that you're here. Welcome to the space. So as we learn more about you, which I'm so excited to do, I would love to hear a fun fact about you. Well, I was thinking about this this morning and I thought it's fun as a human with a musical background. I played two instruments and sang in over nine languages. Nine Nine. Languages? Yep. Oh my gosh, what languages? Oh, let's see. English, Spanish, French, German, Italian, Czech, Hebrew, and then Ladino and Yiddish, which are Hebrew dialects within the diaspora. That is so frigging impressive. <laughs> it's insane. Thank you. So before we move on to, <laughs> to the rest, I just want to like... As far as studying languages, does this start when you were a child? Um, I always had a fascination with languages. I remember taking French in elementary school for a year as like some kind of pop-up unit. And then fourth, I think it was fourth through sixth grade, we had Spanish that rotated through the classrooms. Um, and then I did a French minor in college and I took French all through high school as well. So I think the fascination was always there and just the language capabilities and my ear picked it up easily. Mm, that's something that you're, it's one of your strengths. You can really yeah. just kind of uh, pick it up very quickly. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is incredibly impressive, everybody, isn't it? I'm just kind of like, wow, we could just spend the whole time <laughs> talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it really leads into the first official, official question, which is how do you define creativity? I define creativity as those divine sparks or niggles that come up within us to bring something into form. And that could look like anything from a painting or a story to a building or a computer or just 
a new routine with your children or an outfit you put together. Mm. Love that word divine sparks. Yeah. Divine sparks. And what you just explained is the whole gamut of things Mm -hmm. from the outfit to whatever it is and how you express in your world. That is an expression, but in your occupation, um, it's all of it. It's the whole spectrum. Yeah. I think our creativity is one of the key things that distinguish us from other mammals. Um, You know, I mean, they're, they're creating their homes, right? They're creating their habitats, but humans go so much further. Yeah. So on that, could you please take us kind of on a journey wherever you want to start of, of who you are and where you've come from, because you've in now being, you know, um, this multidisciplinary person, Start wherever you want to tell us more about who you are, please. I know that's broad. <laughs> it is broad. Um, well, I think I've always had a love affair, if you will, with creating. Uh, I remember as a young kid, you know, I would draw homes and like, you know, put the pit- pictures on the wall and, you know, make it stretch from the bottom paper to as high as I could reach to make these homes. And it would always have furniture and pictures on the walls. It was very elaborate. And that that carried into my play. I would create homes for my Barbie dolls out of cardboard boxes and would go and get carpet samples and wallpaper samples and build furniture out of balsa wood. Always always very detail-oriented, you know, rearranging my room a lot as a kid, just working to bring in variety and creativity. And then it took more formal forms as well with piano lessons and then flute lessons and dance class and then voice lessons and always loved writing as well. Um, Drawing was less of a studied art, but I certainly enjoyed it. Uh, So I think all kind of all of those, I guess what we typically think of as creative arts filled my childhood. Uh, I went on to get two degrees in voice and had a private voice studio for over a decade. Um, Meanwhile, I was, you know, still doing all of this other creative work in in my day-to-day life through raising children and doing art projects with them. And I always did my own websites and, you know, building businesses. Um, and then when I got on to maternity leave with my second child, I started getting asked to do website design by other people and realized that actually this is a perfect blend of a lot of things. I like to think of the arranging of a website similar to a composition, right? Where we're layering the visuals and the words and the the formatting along with, you know, those critical marketing type components of SEO or speaking the language of your people, um, you know, bringing that all together into a unified, harmonious whole, just Mm. like a piece of music. Mm. It's so incredible because these are the layers that people, so when a person who doesn't think in this way, and this isn't their area of expertise, they're drawn to something and they know they're just drawn to it. Like, wow, Mm -hmm. 
that's so easy to navigate, that really resonates, that's visually pretty, it's engaging, you're talking right to me. And they don't know the back end of all that goes into it. So what you're explaining here, thank you for all of that detail on breaking it down to composition, to, you know, the arranging, the layering. It, it has a beat. It has a, like, there's, there's a sound to it. Yeah. There's, there's all of these things, two things. My husband's a, a TV film editor mm. and I didn't understand all of this until we've been together a long time. But in this, in him saying that when he edits, he edits to the beat. Oh. So literally he finds a beat and then you can see the the when the edit ha- or you don't see where the edit happens because it's so smooth so i've yeah. gotten into a habit of being like boom 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 or whatever it yeah. is because each each piece has its own rhythm yeah i love that idea yeah so but that's very that's what made me think of when you were explaining what you were doing what you do and how you do mm-hmm. it yeah, and I don't know that I do it all consciously, but I think I've I've lived and breathed it for so much of my life that it is naturally what gets expressed. It's natural. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a very important aspect of it, the natural expression. So in in all of this that you did as a child with all of this detail-oriented creative expressions, you were supported you had a supportive environment through this, didn't you? Yes. Yes. I was very blessed. My mom is also a multidisciplinary creative and artist and, you know, always fostered my love of whatever it was at the time and was happy to, to buy what she could, you know, supplies to create things and, and worked like mad as a single mom herself to keep me in as many classes and lessons as she could. Mm-hmm. So then let's kind of in what you do as well. So in life coaching, um, Reiki, CCT, C- yeah, CCT, Crystals mm-hmm. and Consciousness, please talk to us about all of this because I really, I really love in what you do, this whole picture that they aren't just these separate elements. They're, it's all one. It's all unified. Yeah. Well, I think. I've always been drawn, just like I've always been drawn to the arts and creating, I've also always been drawn to kind of that, that unseen higher power, Um, you know, call it, call it what you want, right? God, the universe, source, spirit, whatever may resonate um, has always spoken to me very strongly. And as I, as I went through high school, it came out in my writing, you know, feeling through poetry or feeling that, I don't know, that deeper, that deeper urge to express not just, you know, a story, but to express that deepest, most authentic part of myself through whatever it was I was creating. And then as I got older, I explored that more deeply. I remember an honors class I took in college, it was called Hands-On Spirituality, and Mm -hmm. we got to try different rituals, different practices from a variety of religious and spiritual traditions. 
So I've always had that extra fascination. And then as I've gone through life, I have expanded that into Reiki training. Um, CCT is a newer modality, crystalline consciousness technique. It essentially builds, it kind of builds onto Reiki in that it's working with the crystalline energy field, which exists on the outside of the electromagnetic field, which is what Reiki uses. Um, but CCT uses intention primarily as well as, well as sacred geometry. Um, and then life coaching comes into that because it it basically gave me a deeper language for what I was already doing as a voice teacher, which was to draw out that student's potential and that student's authentic expression. Mm. And so all of that now combines into what I do with my brand work, especially because I'm using the coaching questions to really dive into who you are and what makes you tick and what makes you come alive and how does that come through your business and your offerings and who are your ideal people and what what magic of yours are they seeking and connecting with and and then i work to infuse all of that through intuitive guided meditations um, within the branding process where I'm helping them tap into their own intuition and inner vision to see, you know, what imagery or textures or even sounds or tastes may come forth as they envision their ideal wow. business. And then I'm tapping into my own intuition in connection with that to then curate and create the imagery. Um, and I'm anchoring all of that in this energetic bubble and fold. So I'm a very different sort of web designer. Uh, but I think I think it speaks to how it all goes together when you see the final product, because it's not just an easily navigable website, you know, that has the appropriate calls to action or whatever. It's also this deep innate expression of the business and really resonates with their ideal clients, whomever they may be. I'm like sitting here taking this all in because, I mean, you're next level. So it's this, <laughs> it's this intuitive brand where here you're infusing everything that you've learned along the way. So yeah. it's all of these things where it's like, okay, I did this, this, this. Oh, didn't know it was going to culminate into this. And then now right. in being in this space, you're like, well, this is so exciting because we can use all of these modalities and what you're giving people is, like you said, it's not just the ease of click, call to action, da, da, da. You're not the person that people are coming to where you're like, create my website in a week. Right. And my brand, like you're not, you're actually asking people inviting people to be like, we're going to do a deep dive into who you are mm -hmm. and your why, your passion, who you are, mm -hmm. th th this whole, because we are our brand. We are, people are buying us. Yeah, essentially. And I, uh, I actually did one for my stepdad early, early on. And the feedback that he got is when new clients would come into his office would be like, oh, this is exactly what I expected the experience to be like based on your website. So what I'm doing is I'm giving your ideal people this 
energetic snapshot, if you will, of what it feels like to be in your world. And a brand is your world, right? It's the world of your business. And when you are a service provider or an artist, you are an inextricably linked factor in that world. Um, And if it's not authentic, right, if you're creating this world that you think it's supposed to be, it's not going to have that genuine connection that people are ultimately looking for. Yes, real connection. So so tell us a little bit more about what does this actually look like if you don't have to tell us everything, but give us an overview that when someone does come into your world, what is the span of time that it, it may take to to create this for them? Yeah, the time really varies depending on the length, the size of the website and life. Um, I try to be very open ended because creativity to me feels like an ongoing, ever evolving process mm-hmm. and isn't something that, you know, you can necessarily nail down immediately. Um, but I would say for most people, it's between three and six months. I've had a couple people that have taken a lot longer than that. Um, but the core process is three to six months. And it starts with that deep dive branding consultation where I where I lead them through all the all the questions and all the meditations. And then into uh, collaborating with the visuals, you know, I'll pull ideas and they, you know, give me feedback and we go back and forth. And then I pull together the logos. Uh, most of my clients write their own copy, but I have workbooks and prompts and ideas to help them create that in an authentic way that is also following, you know, best practices for connecting with their people. Um, And then when all of that is pulled together, I arrange it on the site. Mm -hmm. And the site itself, the build of the site is actually the fastest part usually, um, because it's just culminating all of the pieces together. So it's literally like a tapestry, like you're you're taking all of these pieces and mm-hmm. yeah, like, all of like, the imagery, the banners, and and then all of the tech and that together. Yeah, I, I really it's like I'm thinking about what you said earlier with like layers and textures and sound and and all of this that just gets gets woven in and this element of really knowing who you are and not comparing. Yeah. I think this is something it gets talked about a lot, but it it just, it's really what you're doing is you're really creating space and inviting people to be like, for you to work with me, you have to be willing to be real. Yeah. You're going to get into some ick. You're going to get into, I mean, I guess, tell us about that a little bit. Like if you had people literally like stall at a certain point to be like, oh my God, I've realized this about myself or they have to really kind of work through things or I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I always meet my clients where they are, right? And some are naturally more inclined to self-reflection and depth than others, Um, But I always meet them where they are. And that may look like, you know, in that branding consultation, you know, I always have questions that I'm asking them. And it may mean that, you know, we just get one answer. And that's 
their truth in that moment. And that's fine. Other times I'm, I may ask them to expand, you know, can you say more? Or I'll ask follow-up questions to see if I can suss out just a little bit more. Um, I've had some clients, especially ones who have been earlier on in their business, who, as we go through that process, they realize things and they're like, oh, well, actually I need to change this, right? Or they they tweak their mission statement or their, their niche statement. Um, I've had some people where they'll craft their copy and then I, you know, I always look at it and offer feedback where, where necessary or where appropriate. And, um, you know, and then in doing that part, they'll be like, oh, well, now I got to, you know, then it's like they rewrite it all. Uh, you know, so it's, it's a process for sure. And, uh, you know, I do have some boundaries in place around all of that. But yeah, because when you start to dig in, right, there's, you're always going to unearth more. And my, my delight really in working with clients is helping them through that unearthing process. Because I believe when we, when we go deep enough, the world that we create is a core truth, right? So even if we want to redo our website in five years, we've changed our offers, we're, you know, addressing a different clientele, the core essence of who we are, the core essence of the people we love to work with is probably going to be the same. Um, so even when I've had people come back years later, you know, maybe we're tweaking a font or we're rearranging their logo or we're, you know, adding a page here or there, but it generally all feels the same. Um, so that's a really cool aspect of my process. So when you mentioned boundaries. Yeah. Is there, because you're holding such an energetic space, especially we're always holding energetic space, but mm -hmm. you, this is what you do in the sense of so much that you're bringing in of really, um, of mindset and everything that you do. Do you have a max amount of people that you can work with at a time or do you yeah, just I generally really good energetics in place? Yeah. Uh, I generally work with one to two people a month. Um, because I am limited in time I'm as a single mom with two younger kids, uh, especially. But yeah, because I'm going so deep, it takes a lot of my own self-care, right, to be able to facilitate this um, process with others. So I'd have to have enough bandwidth and capacity to, to nourish all of us. <laughs> I think that's just a really good thing for anybody and anybody in whatever you do. Because we're, I agree. Con we're constantly facilitating and mm -hmm. in whatever the context is, whether it's for your family, whether it's for yourself, whether it's for your business, for your clients, for your coming up with ideas, it's always facilitating something and holding space. And yeah. I think even after all these years of, for me, of being in a mindset space and I lose track of that. And then I'm like, why am I so tired? Why am I, why am I feeling a certain way? Why are my bones aching? <laughs> like why? Well, one, I'm not getting the right nutrition. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sleeping enough. I'm this self-care regimen. It's been lost. Yeah. Along yeah, the way. It's, so it's a whole domino effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very easy to lose track because 
Well, I mean, there's so many layers to it, right? I mean, just the society in which we live is all about go, 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 produce, produce, produce. But the more you're producing, the more rest and receiving and nourishing you actually need. Um, so it's, if you don't get it, then we burn out, we dry up. Um, you know, it's, it's like the fields, right? If they were to be constantly in harvest, there you wouldn't be able to grow anything. The soil would be barren. Um, so yeah, it's very, it's a tricky thing, I think, to find balance in, in our busy lives, mm. but so, so important. So I just really appreciated, um, when you said I work with one to two clients a month, Yeah, it, it, it's bringing that awareness, everybody that this is, these are my boundaries. These, this is what I can give in order to be able to, um, to have, to have harmony. Yeah, absolutely. So, Ooh, okay. How do you incorporate more creativity into your own world? I, I say it, it infuses everything, right? I mean, it's, it's the core of my work is creating, but it's also, I find has to be part of that self-care regimen. Um, so I try to do artist dates whenever I possibly can. Uh, for those that aren't familiar, that's a term coined by Julia Cameron from The Artist's Way, who's incredible book. She's an incredibly prolific writer and creator herself. Um, but so I try to set aside dedicated time to just kind of wander and roam with my creativity or find inspiring things. I might go to an art gallery or I might just go to my favorite store and look around and feel the different textures and see the different clothes or, you know, go outside on a hike and observe, you know, the colors of the leaves and the striations of the rocks um, to fill up that well. But I also find that I have to be actively creating outside of work as well to keep that going. Um, so I cross stitch a lot as a, not always nightly, but that's a kind of an ongoing hobby. I also mm. love to color and journal. Um, I do some pastel work. Yes. Yeah, so it's like, I, I take those things that have been less formally studied where there I don't feel any constrictions by rules or you know this is the way it's supposed to be and that becomes my free creative play so tell me about the cross stitch you just made me think when you said that I thought of hook rugs <laughs> which is I remember as a kid I don't know if you did like the hook rugs uh-uh and do you know what I'm talking about when I say I it? do? Yeah, the yeah. the latch hook. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. And it's so funny because I think when I was pregnant with our daughter, so our second child, I was like, because my hormones were all wonky. I was like, of course, I want to do a hook rug now, but like <laughs> everything was now. <laughs> my husband was just like, "You are crazy," <laughs> because there was no medium tone. He's like, "I'm going to the store now, and I'm getting a hook rug." I didn't do the hook rug. <laughs> that was like a moment. It was like a momentary thing. Um, but getting back to the cross stitch, when do you incorporate that? Is this kind of like a you're chilling out at night, and it's something 
um, yeah. during the day? When do you, when do you, yeah, it, it tends to be, uh, when I'm chilling at night, you know, watching a show on Netflix or Hulu or whatever it may be. I find I don't do very well with idle hands. Um, and in order to not continue on the endless scroll that is a cell phone these days, I will pick up my cross stitch and it's very meditative. You know, it's not, it's not a free form artistic endeavor the way uh, some, some is, uh, you know, cruel or embroidery could be more open-ended. This has a pattern, but I find that those constraints are very soothing because I don't have to think. So it's just follow the pattern, place the X, count the boxes, uh, which allows my mind to rest and then gives my hands something to do while I'm, you know, watching some inane show. (laughs) You know what? I think that's such a beautiful point. And everybody, I really want you to hear that because how many times I hear in my company being called I am creative and being an art teacher for 30 plus years, I I don't know how to draw a straight line. I don't know how to draw a paint being the general responses. Um, but then people, because people think and narrow it down to, which is why this podcast exists and we're expanding the definition um, to drawing and painting. What you just said was there is a pattern to this. There is the constraints. There is the structure. And mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, this is something, this is a creative act. So just because you have not maybe painted your own image on your canvas or whatever that is, this is a creative act. And I want, and once you do this, what the important thing I think that you said in this was that it's meditative. It kind yes. of, you, you turn your brain off and you're mm-hmm. creating something. Yeah. You know that you need to do something with your hands and it's just, it's, it's checking off all the boxes. So mm-hmm. maybe ladies and gentlemen, it's not cross stitch for you, but it's just understanding that you can do things that have this kind of structure, but yet it calms your system down. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really think of creative creativity and creating as bringing something into form, it, it, you know, and that is, at its most open-ended place. I mean, it could be making a meal. It could be baking a pie. You know, there's there are no limits to what could be considered creative. And following a recipe does not mean that you are not creating. So then actually, let me ask you this about parenting. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about creativity and parenting for you. Yeah. I think actually that's part of the parenting that I like the least is because there's so much um, structure within our society around parenting, right? We have to get them to school. We have to feed them. We have to get them to bed. We have to take them to all these activities, make sure they do their homework, make sure they practice. There's all of these things that we need to help them do um, that there isn't always a lot of time for just hanging and creating. Um, but I think that is one of the things where I've tried to, I guess, diverge a little bit in, in creating that with my family. Um, it, it's both a, a frustration, but also an intention, um, is that when we don't have those, those activities, 
I really try to just give them free open-ended time to do whatever they want. Um, and so right now that looks like we have what what should be the dining room in, in the structure of my house is actually our craft room. And, you know, we have all the art supplies in a hutch and then we have a table that honestly usually can't be used as a table because it's heaped in piles of projects <laughs> and <laughs> creative endeavors, uh, you know, or they're... They build forts out of the couch, pillows and sheets, right? So it's just, I try to foster that unstructured playtime as much as possible so they can develop their own creativity. Um, but I would say the creativity also came out during the pandemic year. I had the fortune of being able to homeschool them. And so that really fostered all of our creativity from the curriculum selection to how we spent the time in the afternoons because I wanted to continue to work as well. It was often their opportunity to, oh, I can pick something from this list and create. Um, so yeah, I've tried to weave it in as much as possible. What you just said about, and again, you know, for parents out there, we know our kids or at least when the process of learning more about our kids. Um, <laughs> some need more structure and others can deal with the open-ended. So mm -hmm. in what you said, which is kind of how you were supported, it sounds like from when you were younger, there was a lot of these, these um, modalities and th this, this um, wanting to nurture your imagination and allow for exploration was there. So mm -hmm. in you creating this space for them, I love this idea of this free open-ended time and, and building forts. And I remember when I was a kid, like we would have the cushions and we'd put them on the floor and we'd jump from cushion to cushion. And if we landed on the floor, we like, there was, we were bit by a shark. Like it was kind yeah. of, it was this whole, and this balloon, we would just simply hit a balloon up in the air. And if the balloon fell, like we were, uh, something happened. It, yeah. it, it, it's just, it doesn't take a lot Mm -hmm. in order for this imagination and for this whole it, it creates joy it creates fun it's you realize things that work and things that don't work and and it's just the allowing and, and I think yeah. it really does get so lost in this structure mm -hmm. of of to-dos yeah that even just saying this out loud it's like yeah Hollis come on and <laughs> It is. It's, and it doesn't matter how old like your children are. It's mm -hmm. still opening that time where, when you're interacting, my kids are 20 and 23 now and, and Justin taking our daughter and she just left the nest. And um, it's still, when we create that time together, we're present. Yeah. And, and doing something where it doesn't have to have, this end of something being created all the time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be that we soul specific, but it is allowing for the exploration. Yeah. I think, you know, creativity is born of curiosity. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have space in which to be curious, it's very challenging to then come up with creative solutions or cre creative anything. Yeah. Right. Um, and one, I will say the one kind of rule that I've implemented in our house to help facilitate that is around screen time. And when they were little, I, we just didn't have it, period. And now that they're older, you know, a lot of 
my older daughter's creativity is coming out through Minecraft and building in Minecraft. Um, so now I might allow a little bit more if it's to do that because I know she's actively creating as well. But I still, I try to really limit the screen time because it's it's a passive consumption of somebody else's creation. And I notice mm -hmm. it in myself too. And I'm feeling stagnant in my business or my life. I'm like, oh, how much have I been on my phone, <laughs> right? Or how much have I been just scrolling around my tabs on my computer, waiting for somebody to need me, waiting to respond to something, to have something to do instead of allowing that space to be and allow creativity to arise. So again, what I kind of heard in that too is there's a difference in energetics. Yeah. There's a difference in the need, the wanting, the wanting to be accepted, the wanting to do things comparison mm -hmm. where, where then there's the, this is who I am. This is how I explore. This is how I'm curious. This is how I build what I'm doing. So Please tell me, like, how does that, there may be people listening to this and being like, well, that's all nice and good, you know, but we're business owners. <laughs> like we, <laughs> we need to make money, everybody. It's like, this is, so how do you apply that kind of mentality? That thinking, how would you respond to somebody that'd be like, okay, so where's the money? Yeah. It's an ever evolving practice for me because I get sucked into that mindset just as easily. I think I'm I'm helped in it in that if I go too hard, if I push too much, my body breaks down. I end up sick, I end up burned out, I end up just devoid of any motivation or inspiration. Um so my body is my ally in that regard. I'd say it's a it's a willingness to step outside of the culture we've been entrained into. Um, you know, that as business owners within the predominant business culture, there's very much that hustle mentality of if you don't stop doing, you're gonna run out of money, right? If you're not constantly putting out, if you're not constantly marketing, then it's gonna dry up. Um, and especially especially as a mother, as a woman who is oriented to her body and to, you know, the creative muse, the divine, if, if you will, I find that I, I cannot sustain it. And the willingness to, to entertain a different thought, uh, some days is easier than others, but it makes all the difference. Um, and I find that when I can step outside of that more hustle mentality, I feel much more nourished and much more inspired because of it. You know, I've, I've created that space just like, yeah. you know, we've talked about doing for children. We need it for ourselves as well. And it's, it's very hard to be creative if you're feeling that pressure all the time. And I find that actually allowing for more rest and less pressure allows me to produce more quickly because then I'm producing from a space of inspiration and motivation and not just, oh, I have to do this now. I have to do this now. Oh, this is this must be done or it's not going to be right. I think that's, that's really the key. And um, ladies and gentlemen, I just want 
want you to understand this, that it simply is, it, it really is, it's everything in what you do in your intuitive branding. Like you yeah. said, knowing your body, knowing who you are, it, it's this, you're acting from a space of inspiration. When you know that you're getting tired, when you know that you're depleted, that isn't the time to keep pushing through. Right. It's because it's just going to create more of that. So it's like, what can you take a break and do for yourself in order to fill yourself up? Go outside right. in nature if that's something that you do. If you need to zone out and watch a movie, zone out and watch a movie. Connect mm -hmm. with that person that you connect with. Make sure you're drinking liquids that are good for you, that will nourish you. Um, make Do cross-stitch if you want. Do um, Go out and run. Go out and exercise. Like Whatever that is, it really, oh my God, it's so important. Yeah. Because our body, my brother has a saying, my body talks, I listen. Mm -hmm. Our body will shut down at some point yep. if we don't listen to it. Yeah, it may. Some people's bodies will withstand more for longer, but eventually it catches up with us. And I think that's the beauty of being a business owner is that we have the freedom to structure our time in a way that is supportive to our needs. Um, you know, whether whether you're somebody who needs more rest or can get away with a little less, we have the ability to step outside of that employee mindset of, you know, here's my eight hours on the clock or longer, right? Um, and, and you can create a world that you want to live in too, right? It's, a, it's like it's like making your own brand for yourself. What world do you want to live in every day? Not just creating for your clients, but for yourself. Because we are our own best clients. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so many questions, but um, this one that is just top of mind right now is music. Yeah. And all that you do, what kind of music do you listen to? Do you, would you, is your playlist like a whole variety it, it is. Um, I would say predominantly these days I'm listening to either like my favorites that I grew up with, which tend to be the female singer songwriters like Sarah McLachlan or Indigo Girls. Um, or I tend toward like more atmospheric new age chant. Um, I love Deva Pramal and Sanatam Kaur when I'm wanting, you know, a more meditative feel um but i also love to like crank on taylor swift and just dance for five minutes and and get the energy pumping mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's music for the mood yes very much so yeah very cool so okay next thing i want to kind of i'm backtracking a little bit but you mentioned sacred geometry yeah. Could you tell that, explain that maybe a little bit more on what that is to anybody that might not know? Um, possibly. This is one thing, like I use it, but I haven't studied it much. Yeah. Um, there, my briefest understanding is that there are, there are certain shapes within our environment um, that are said to hold power. Um, so you have like the Merkaba, which is a 3D version of the Star of David, um, or you have the Flower of Life is one of them. There's uh, Tetrahedron. I don't know. There are, there are a variety of them. I would not be the best resource yeah. on sacred geometry, yeah. um, but they are, they are shapes 
that are said to contain different energetics. So in working this in what you do, mm-hmm. is this where it gets applied into the visuals of the of the branding? Um, I would say less that and more the energetic container that I am creating for each client. So as part of my gift really to to each client, I create a chart, a CCT chart, which is using um, the sacred geometry as holding chambers for um, different energetics. So in CCT, it's empowerment, it's timing, it's creation. Um, there's, and then a couple different like high vibe emotional energetics. So I'm anchoring those in with intentions for the creative process for the website and brand itself. So powerful. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, literally it's so powerful because it's, it's just so, um, well, I'm like moving my hands around. It's so well-rounded. It's just so, um, it's going back to what we've said before, but it really is going deep. It's going within. It's going yeah. to that core, like you said. It is. That, that, like that isn't going to change so right. much. Other elements will change, but it's really allowing and creating space for people to go inward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, as when I was a voice teacher and studying singing, it was all about the holistic approach. And that's what I bring to this too, right? So it's mind, body, spirit, and heart. So it's, you know, what are, what creates that feeling of aliveness within our bodies? What creates delight within our hearts? What creates um, that sense of connection with our spirit, with our inner wisdom and our inner voice? And what, what is the busy mind doing, right? And how can we create how can we come to a stillness within the mind so that that deep inner voice can be heard so do you have any kind of a um, a morning or an evening routine i do i'm working on evolving it actually um but currently i wake up about 15 20 minutes before my daughters have to get ready for school and I meditate as the first thing. Um, and usually I do that through a guided meditation or visualization. Um, and then I do all of the breakfasting and busing and getting them out the door. And then I take, you know, a little bit of time to maybe tidy up the kitchen and just bring my energy back to myself. And then I do yoga every day. Uh, or I might take a walk if the weather is really lovely. And then I am working on integrating a new routine, which is leading myself through a four-part connection meditation of, again, just what I was saying holistically of connecting with my body, my mind, my feelings, and then my inner voice, just to witness what is present and see what inspired action is coming to the top of the surface for the day. A few things I like in what you said is um, kind of getting your energy back to yourself. Yeah. Um, when you clean the kitchen, it's funny because I, in the after I make my chai and I have my oat milk, you know, in the frother and I do the dishes 
And I found my routine. I never thought I'd wear an apron. I, I put my apron on in case I don't want to get everything all wet from the mm-hmm. whole washing process because I'm hand washing. So, but it, it, it to me, it, it's meditative. And then after I do that, then I like go and I open the windows and, and fix the blankets in the living room and, and like do all that besides medicating and feeding the animals. And just, mm-hmm. but, but there is, there's a process in that where it just feels like, okay. My energy yeah. is like, whoo. Yeah, well, I think there's something to be said. I mean, feng shui speaks to it the most clearly, right? Of Our environment affects our beings. And so I find that just preparing the environment, even if it's something as simple as getting the dishes in the dishwasher from breakfast, allows a spaciousness, mm, um, and, spaciousness. and a sense of, okay, it's time now. Yes. Allowing the spaciousness. And then at night, is there any kind of, I know you mentioned potentially that could be the cross-stitching thing, but anything at night or? At night, I would say the routines at night are more around my kids' bedtimes. And then, you know, once they're in bed, then my routine is just to have that hour to completely go blank and numb out, if you will, in front of the TV or cross-stitch. Unfortunately, many times I'm also having to, you know, organize play dates or activities or whatever it may be, um, ordering ordering things from Target. But but yeah, I love to have that that hour at least of just free time. Um, Cross-stitching is the best thing to do. And then I read every night when I get into bed and that's kind of my final way of bringing the mind to something stable, I guess, if you will. Um, Some people, you know, their minds go active when they read, but I find that mine having a singular point of focus Mm. really helps my mind calm down and then the sleep to come on. So I'll read till my eyes are so heavy. I can't. And, uh, off we go. <laughs> and I, I really appreciate what you said too of that one hour of free time. So everybody, what we're talking about is it can look differently. Absolutely. Like you said, ordering things from Target, setting up play play dates, um, watching TV and numbing out. Like whatever that looks like, whatever it is, is it's free time. Yeah. It's this time that you create for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then leading into that, that quiet time where, you know, for you that reading does that and, um, and then it just takes you off to sleep and yeah, you're, you're good. When, yeah. We're, when we're watching, when I'm watching a movie or something, and if my son is watching Equalizer, I'm like, I don't want to watch that before I go to sleep. I don't want to watch that in general, but <laughs> I don't want to watch that when I, before I go to sleep. Yeah. And it just, and my husband always says, Hollis, it's just a movie. I'm like, I know. But for me, I internalize that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that it's just an actor who's playing it on the screen and then end scene and they go off and have a bagel. Like that's, I don't, (laughs) I don't see it that way. I get my emotions caught up in it and then we're all screwed. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm, I'm an empath. And so, yeah, similarly. 
like, I am watching the fluffy stuff at night because I just, you know, I, I have enough drama in my day to day. I don't need to watch it at night. And I just want the light things to make it a fun, lighthearted evening. <laughs> I had this year, I had this one scenario. So um, I came home from my teaching gig and I just had an emotional day and I was just upset and I was crying and I was just overwhelmed. And my son was probably like 15 at the time. And he's not always great with emotions. He doesn't always know exactly what to do. And he just looked at me and he's just kind of like, oh, he's so protective of me. And in his way, this was very loving and it was very sweet. He's like, oh, do you want me to put on one of your romantic comedies? <laughs> and I said, that'd be really nice. <laughs> he's Aww. like, I'll go put on two weeks notice. I'll sit with you and just stop crying. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> but he knew what I needed. His delivery wasn't like filled with love, but it's only because he, I was, it's meeting him where he's at. He can only do yeah. a certain amount, but it was coming from a space of love. Absolutely. <laughs> so, okay. So as we're getting to the top of the hour, which these conversations always fly, um, we kind of wrap it up and put a little bow on it. Why do you think creativity is important? Mm. I think creativity is important because of two things. One, I think that's how the soul speaks. Mm. I think the, the soul speaks to the world through our creativity. Um, but I also think it's important because that's what propels the world forward. If it weren't for creativity, we wouldn't have anything that we enjoy in our modern lives, from our beds to our cell phones to our cars. Um, and I, I also think it's it's just inherent to who we are as creatures on this earth. I mean, to see the ultimate creativity, all we have to do is look at Mother Nature herself, right? Constantly creating, no matter how we impact her through through our human actions here she is. She's still, she's still creating. Um, so it's a multi multiplicative answer there. <laughs> I mean, when you say that, how the whole, how the soul speaks, it's what propels our life forward. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, it's everything. Yeah. <laughs> Quite simply. <laughs> it's kind of, it, it, it's everything. If we had, if we took this word and this action out of our world, I mean, there'd be no color. Yeah. There would be no mother earth, as you're saying, like, because it's all been created. Yeah. So I'm curious, before we wrap up, how do you, I know how I respond. How do you respond to that person that says that they're not a creative being? Well, I say the fact that they are a being means they are creative that it's it's just inherent in who we are as humans and that the only way to not be creative is to literally sit in one place right even even taking yourself even having the idea to take yourself to a store is bringing something into form right that the act of moving in itself could be a creative act yeah. Because everything affects 
something else. So let's say you go to the store and then you notice something and then that sparks an idea. Exactly. And then, or you bump into that person and that you were like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in forever. And then that creates connection. Or you have an interaction with someone that you've never met before. And it's just a really beautiful interaction. Absolutely. It reminds me of that back to the back to the future, right? Where they go back and like, even if you were to, what is it? Well, it's a little more convoluted in the movie, but right. Even if you were to like smush one butterfly, right. It would have created a chain reaction that would have made life completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Which reminds me, it's like a movie connection here, sliding doors. You make the train, you don't make the train. Yeah, it's two totally different outcomes mm-hmm. of what you see. So deep, yeah, <laughs> really deep. Oh my gosh! So, Angela, how can people connect with you? Uh, the easiest way is through my website, which is awakenedcreator.com. I am also on Instagram, and I have a Facebook page. Uh, Instagram is awakened underscore creator, and Facebook is also awakened creator. Right. So before we say our goodbyes, is there anything else that you feel like you forgot to say that you want to add anything top of mind Mm. or you feel complete? I think the only thing I would add is that for me, the way I foster creativity in myself and in others, that it starts with going inside. And so I would just encourage all of you listening to be brave and create some stillness, even if it's just for a few minutes mm-hmm. to allow yourself to go within because that's where it all begins. It is a perfect way to wrap everything up. Angela, thank you so much for oh, your you're time. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me, Hollis. This was such a pleasure. Thank you for hanging out and talking and so much, so much expansion. And ladies and gentlemen, We so appreciate you. We know that you could be doing anything with your hour and we so appreciate you spending it with us. I truly believe that these conversations have always needed to be needed to happen, but now I think we need them now more than ever. So please like, follow, share all of that good stuff so we can create more connections so we can share all this inspiration and um, we can just be all the better for it. So wherever you are listening in the world, I wish you a good morning a good afternoon and a good evening and look forward to connecting soon. Goodbye, everybody. I believe these conversations have always been important, but now I think that they are more important than ever. Please like, follow, share, spread the goodness because people really need to hear these messages in order to be able to see themselves in them. In order to be able to hear these people's stories, in order to be able to expand their thinking, it is so important to really understand that creativity is life and everybody has creativity within them. To find out more about what we offer, go to IamCreativePhilly.com and you will see that there are services from publishing, multi-author and solo books, kits, workshops and retreats to creativity one-on-one coaching. So if you are ready to unleash your voice, break through your blocks and confidently share your story, I cannot wait to help you birth your ideas into the world.